There are many sports podcasts out there, but only this one is right on. Our schedule breakdowns turn to the NFC South as we break down the schedules for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Carolina Panthers today on the Ride On Sports Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the Right On Sports Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Wright, and I am here with my co-host, Marcus Weisner. Marcus, we, we're doing it today. We're doing the NFC South, and not only are we doing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the, good God, what other team are we doing in this episode? Oh, the Carolina Panthers. My bad. We're, we're doing the other teams today, too. We're recording four segments today. We're recording a whole division. Let's, let, we're just challenging ourselves. Let's see how much football we can talk in one day. You know, you know, and uh, no, not meaning to throw any shade at our past guests or anything, but we were just talking about before we went on the air. Like, thank God it's the NFC South and not next week the AFC South because this would be a rough, uh, rough two or three hours that we're about to put in. Yeah, can you imagine talking one day of the Jags, the Titans, the Texans, and the Colts? I mean, that's just. Ugh. We might have to stretch that in the whole to four days. <laughs> Oh my God, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. So we definitely have a busy schedule today. Um, so while I was in North Carolina this past weekend, we were we tried to record with a Carolina Panthers fan and uh, and and our guest who's on the phone right now that we'll get to in a second. And I had all kinds of issues recording, so we uh, we had to go ahead and find a different Carolina fan to make it work for tonight. So we're. That's the reason our episode is coming out on Tuesday instead of yesterday, which was Monday. So, sorry about that. But, you know what I did today, Marcus? What did you do today, man? Breakfast and lunch. Oh, at, at a Bo's? At you Bo's Restaurant. Yep, twice, man. I, Oh, man, I went this morning for a, uh, had a sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit. Then I went back at lunch and had the smoked meatloaf again. Ooh. <laughs> Man, it was unbelievable. But hey, guys, check them out. They're on 2304 Thomas Drive here in Panama City Beach. They're open Monday to Saturday, 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. They got a breakfast menu until 11 a.m. every day and all day on Saturday. Their phone number is 850-775-1828. So go check them out. Give them a call if you want to order ahead. It's a really, really great place to go. And before we get into the Bucks, I just want to remind you guys one more time and I'll do it again on Thursday's episode. But we are off next week. So don't be uh don't be blowing us up looking for our episodes. We are not going to be doing this next week. However, if we have anything interesting to talk about or post on the page, we will be interactive because, you know, yeah, both of us yeah. just cannot stop talking about sports. So that's pretty much how and it keep, goes. Keep your eyes open for a Facebook Live of some kind next week as well. Yeah, you never know what's going to come through. Exactly. All right, so let's do it, man. Let's get into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and on the phone with us right now. Good friend of us both. Not very good at fantasy football. No. The second of, of our league. <laughs> good friend of ours, man. How- Welcome to the show, Steven. What's going on? What's up, guys? Hey, buddy. How are you doing, man? Good, man. Good. Driving this so, corona time. Oh, yeah. It's, it's awesome, isn't it? It's awesome. Yeah. Yep. So, Stephen, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, bud. Uh, well, not bad at fantasy football, like you just mentioned. 
defending champion a couple of years ago, and you both know that. Um, I've lived, pretty much lived in Tampa my whole life, big Bucks fan my whole life. Um, so I'm just excited for sports to start back up again right now. Uh, hopefully it's coming, man. Hopefully it's – it looks like we're on track for the NFL. Uh, the NBA is happening 100%. Baseball starts back, uh, what, this is Tuesday, so tomorrow, which is good. So, Marcus, I'll let you uh, yeah, run away with the first – oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying it would be kind of weird without sports. You don't really realize how much you miss it until it's gone. Yeah, exactly. It's just something that something that it seems like a, like a norm, and then when it gets taken away, you're just like, now what? I mean, I yeah, literally, exactly. like, we are just sitting here before we started, and we were talking about softball. You know, softball started to come through for us both, and we were like, cool. And then in Tampa, they took it away again. So now I'm, I've, now I'm pretty much leaning towards just wanting to play golf every weekend. I got to do something, you know, something. But, all right, bud, let me go ahead and let's, let's get this thing started for you real quick. As we all know, everybody in the whole world knew, Tom Brady is now your quarterback, your QB1. So as a fan, how does that sound, and does he take your team to the Super Bowl? It's almost unbelievable when you think about it that we have him now. Um, I'm just excited to see him in the pewter and red and get it started. Um, I think we certainly have a chance for the Super Bowl. Uh, it's just it's there. It's gonna be so it's gonna be so this season almost. Um, just unexpected. Don't really know what's gonna happen, but I think we certainly have a chance for a Super Bowl run. I don't disagree with that at all, man. As long as you got TB12 under center, uh, a Super Bowl run is not out of the question. The only thing that I think will hold Tampa Bay back, um, at least this year, I, I do think that next year they'll be okay. But I, I don't know how much different adding a 43-year-old quarterback and a retired tight end is going to be for that offense. And I know that Tom Brady is not going to make the mistakes that Jameis Winston made last season. But when you look at it from a different perspective, like they still didn't get a running back. They still didn't get an offensive line. They drafted one offensive lineman, and you never know about draft picks, man. So I, I don't – I really don't know how much different it's going to be. I mean, obviously Tom Brady is a winner. So anytime you have that man under center, you've got a chance. You've still got a great young receiving core as well. Um, so, I mean, it's really not out of the question. I just don't – I don't know if – we should be too excited about it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, see, the way I look at it is we were just basically, I mean, Jameis's mistakes away from being in that next level. And that's what we got rid of. To me, that's the way I'm looking at it. Is we don't really, we're set up to where we don't need Tom Brady to go out and throw 50 touchdowns. We just need to not be Jameis. Yeah, that's true. Right. I mean, plus on top of that too, I mean, he looks good in the uh, the the classic retro, you know, two thousands era jerseys that came back. You know, I, I like those uniforms. Besides the one that Kyle mm-hmm. has on, he, you know that I don't know what y'all do with that uniform. Uh, it's a side clock. topic. Oh my goodness! But hey, <laughs> I just know that you know I I may or may not you know for the record may have you know reserved to get a black, you know, Tom Brady jersey, you know, for this upcoming season. You know, I got to, you know, I might have to do it. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to look good in that black uniform. Hey, that black Uh, uniform is nice. This will be the first time they've been able to wear the black uniform because usually Tampa Bay at noon, they're 
they're not going to wear those too much, but uh, they're they're playing a lot of primetime games this year, so we don't have to worry about that. Yep. But let's let's move on here to the next question. Tampa Bay had a pretty good offseason uh, outside of Tom Brady. They traded for Gronk. They draft Tristan Wirfs. They were re-signed to Dominican Sue. They were able to get the franchise tag on Shaquille Barrett. So what move do you think was the best decision for your team? Other than those or out of those? Anybody. anybody. Um, you can – any of the names that were mentioned, or if it's anything outside of that, what move do you honestly think for this offseason th- was the best? Uh, I was a big fan of re-signing uh, Jason Pierre-Paul. I think that's something that's going under the radar. Yeah, I mean, yeah, JPP, I mean, even though he only has like eight fingers, I mean, he still was a really great player. You know what I mean? Like he somehow, you know, he listen, was uh, – Listen, listen. It is way too close to the 4th of July to make those insensitive oh, jokes about JPP. I've, I apologize, <laughs> but, you know, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. But the, the fact of the matter is he was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I don't have stats in front of me, but he was number two on the team in sacks, correct? Yeah, and I also yeah. think that, like, he's the reason why um, some of the other guys put up the stats they did. Yeah, that's, that's, a, very, that's a very solid point. Um now, for me, I, I mean, obviously, for one, you know, solid answer is drafting Tristan Wirfs. You know, you needed to upgrade your offensive line, especially for Brady. I feel like if what the O-line they had this year, it all it took maybe was three or four sacks and Brady, which is, you know, he might tell, tell you know, Bruce Arians, they got to go. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say uh, Shaquille Barrett. I mean, you, you – Tagged uh, the you know NFL sack leader last year. You kept him in Tampa, and if you make him happy, you pay him what he wants and what he deserves. You know he's going to keep producing the way he was. So I think if you keep a sack leader who's going to produce and pressure the quarterback, I mean it's going to allow Brady and that offense to you know make sure they got time off the field and rest and stay healthy and everything like that. So my number one is Shaquille Barrett. What do you think, Kyle? Sorry about that. Um, oh man, honestly, and Dominican Sue, man, because you know he he stuffs the middle, and I think he goes he goes unnoticed by so many people for so many reasons. Um, but if you look at every single defense that Sue has been on since he got in the league, he's been, been a top ten defense, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. But no, look, like just about every time, every team that uh, Dominican Sue has been on, they've been a top ten defense, and. The guy, the guy just makes everybody around him a little bit better. And you, like you said about Jason Pierre-Paul, it, it kind of opens him up to get those action and to get more success. And it's the same thing for guys like Shaquille Barrett running up the middle and just blitzing the hell out of the quarterback. It, it's it's really, really, it's really good to have that guy there. I think uh, keeping him around is going to be good for the success in the future for uh, Tampa. Yeah, I, I, I agree. You know, having those those – piece like JPP to allow other pe- people like Levante David and um, uh, who was the guy you guys got from uh, Devin White, allowing them to mm-hmm. get their, their own individual abilities to make that defense better. Like that front seven, if you think about it, JPP, the Domicus to Shaquille Barrett, Devin White, Levante David, that is a solid front seven. I mean, an absolute solid front seven. I'm sure you agree, Stephen, that your biggest problem was your secondary. I mean, your number one corner yeah, was yeah. Vernon Hargraves, a third, and he he was let go. He was like, "You got he, you're not you're not here no more." 
No, yeah, I agree. That's what I was thinking of just now. The whole time I mean, uh, we were going through all the front, all the linemen, uh, we just got – we need our um, defensive backs to produce. I'm surprised that you guys didn't go after Byron Jones, you know, try to battle with Miami for having a solid corner. Uh, that would have been a really good – or Xavier Rhodes. I'm going to try to steal the, you know, the Dolphins thunder for making some, some good moves for once in a generation. But if you would have got one or two of those – I mean, that'd yeah. be great. Yep. That'd be really great. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of moves, I would have liked you guys to pick up a, a running back, man. You had the opportunity a few years ago to pick up Dalvin Cook. I mean, I remember sitting here with a, with a few fan, uh, friends of mine who are, you know, Bucks fans, and they had him right there. And obviously, they picked OJ Howard instead. But, I mean, and you had opportunities to grab him in this draft, too. J.K. Dobbins was a pick that, I mean, we were all sitting there in the group chat together. We thought that this was going to be a match made in heaven for it. Why didn't they address the running back issue, man? I think it's just uh, Arians. I think he has confidence in producing or getting something out of lesser running backs. I think I think it's all it's all pretty much him and maybe his ego with that. But I think that's why they didn't go after anybody hard. I I don't know, man. It's hard to imagine a situation where they don't draft a running back. And like like you mentioned, Marcus, actually in this question is a perfect example. Dalvin Cook, the story was there. Dalvin and Jameis together again. Everything made sense. And Dude, it was it, like which... it was so great. It was just like, okay, we understand this is going to happen. Every, the Bucks fans move on. They get a running back, and they pick O.G. Howard, and you're like, oh, that's not a terrible pick because he was good at Alabama. And which – I don't know in hindsight that Dalvin Cook would have been – I mean, he can't stay healthy in the NFC North, and the defense there is not nearly as good or hard-hitting as it is, as it is in the NFC South. So yeah, I don't but know. you don't He'd, know. But, I mean, you never know it. Yeah, exactly at the same time. But, but I mean, I, this year especially, man, they, the opportunities were there. J.K. Dobbins was there. DeAndre Swift was there. Cam Akers was there late. Uh, and there were other running backs there late too that could fly under the radar. The dude from Memphis, I, I forget his name right off the bat here, but I mean, they, I, Ronald Jones is a good pass catcher, right? But I, he's a great pass catcher out of the backfields, and that's mm-hmm. Tom Brady's. That's Tom Brady's thing is dinking yeah. it off to the running back. But I, Tom Brady's not going to throw the ball five thousand times anymore. I don't think because age, like you said in our uh, Tom Brady episode, age is starting to catch up a little bit. And I would expect them to maybe give him something a little bit more, an opportunity to hand the ball off every now and again. And I, they don't have that guy. And I don't mean any disrespect by that, Stephen. They, they just, they don't have that guy. I mean, you got to think too. I mean, I, I don't know if Stephen's going to say anything, but <clears throat> free agency, Todd Gurley. Yep. Uh, Devontae Freeman. Devontae. Yep. Yep. I mean, then you, on top of two, this is not a free agency player. But here's another guy that has been having some issues that might get traded. Alvin Kamara. Um, he's been having some contract issues. He says he's going to hold out. I mean, I'm not saying the Bucks are going to try and take him from a divisional rival, but hey, the Bucks got that cap room. They could pay him if they want to. You have a, you have a pass catching back like Kamara next to Brady. Oh, oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> Well, what about Melvin Gordon? Melvin I, I mean, Gordon. The, the opportunity was there. Melvin Gordon is a – we don't understand. Melvin Gordon could have went there and been the guy. He would have started. Or, I yeah. mean, I think last season, too, when that whole issue with Le'Veon Bell and the head coach issue and then, My you know, the God. general manager. It's just that whole Jets saga. The Bucks were interested in getting him, too. I, it was, 
uh, Kenyon Drake was available for trade last year. Like they could have had, they had opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, and they didn't address it. But hey, you know, like like Steven said, it might be an Arians ego thing. Brady doesn't need to have that star running back there. I mean, can you name the last like, you know, star running back that he had? Uh, honestly, can you remember? No, no, no. I, I can't either. I think the the most the most successful in recent years was, I believe, Legarrette Blunt when he had when he led the league in uh, touchdowns. I believe in rushing. It was, but anyways, Stephen, your thoughts on all that? <laughs> uh. Yeah, I figured I was hoping we were going to go after um, Devontae Freeman uh, harder, but I guess they said that they did talk with him, but he was asking for way too much money. Because that's who I figured we were going to sign in the offseason, but they said he asked for way too much money, as the reports are. I saw that he turned down like six mil or something like that from Seattle, and that's just kind of like, dude, you haven't really been healthy at all. You haven't been effective very much. It's kind of crazy. But okay, so moving on. The bread and butter of the whole conversation, the reason that we do this, we want to know how your t- how you think your team is going to do this season. It's a whole new, different era in Tampa Bay. How do the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fare in terms of wins and losses? I I think we're going to finish around ten and six, something like that. Eleven and five or ten and six. If I had to bet money, that's what I put my money on. Hey, that's respectable, man. I was expecting to hear sixteen and zero. Sixteen and zero, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know if you have the schedule. Just, oh, sorry. Go ahead. There's just sorry. There's I'll just make a point real quick. There's just so many questions about what our offense is going. There's no telling what our offense is going to look like. I mean, are they going to have him drop back and throw the ball like Jameis was? Are we going to do a more of a dip and dunk kind of offense? There's there's no. It's really so many questions. I don't know if you have the schedule accessible to you right away, but there uh, are. Do you have any games that you're like highlighting as a fan? Um, I think we play the Saints week one. I I believe it's in New Orleans. Yep, I'm pretty sure. But I, I know that's it's going to be. I mean, all the hype that's going into the season right now. I mean, that's that game's going to be crazy. Yeah, I um. I mean, this might seem just, you know, not realistic, but it's over your expectations. But I got them going 12 and 4. Um, regardless of how the system works, we've discussed before um, on our first episode that we did with the with the Bucks and Brady being in there. The the turn the with with the turnovers that Jameis had in especially with the one possession and then you know the game. You know the, the last drive that Jameis had, and the fumbles and turnovers and things like that. You take those back, mm-hmm. where Brady is. You know his IQ is really good. He knows how to you know keep the turnover ratio down, the interceptions. Just on that alone, I mean, they're very capable of being twelve and four. They were seven and nine last year, and they could have won four or five games just because Jameis. You know, if, if Jameis was a little bit more careful with the ball. I mean, honestly, like. Yeah. They 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 lost to the Giants, which they 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 lost to the Giants on a pick six. They lost to the Panthers, I believe, on a on a on a last possession interception. I mean, there's just so many things that Jameis did wrong that Brady will do right, just because of how just of his experience. That twelve and four just seems really realistic, even though they play the Packers at home, they play the Saints at home, they play the Rams at home, the Chiefs at home, the Vikings at home, and then obviously, of course, you got to play. 
Um, but their road schedule, you know, they play in Chicago, they play in Vegas, which that shouldn't really factor much. Um, and a swing game, which a game they should not lose that they could is, you know, week 16 in Detroit. But, yeah, I think following what you were saying about the um, Jameis's mistakes, I think he threw like six or seven pick sixes last year. That's scoring for the other team. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. He That's it like, was uh, it was it's crazy to know like how great he was statistically. Led the league in touchdown or in, in uh, yards. You know, led the league in uh, you know yards with the uh, yards in air, and then mm-hmm. have on the opposite side. The most interceptions, most pick sixes, most turnovers, and it's like it doesn't make any sense, you know. One one side should get yeah, a max think, contract; the other side should not should be playing in the XFL. <laughs> no, yeah, I think statistically he had one of the best and also one of the worst industry seasons. <laughs> you're you're correct, no doubt. So I have ten and six actually. Uh, so the way I like to do this, Stephen, is I like to like I do my best case scenario and then i do my worst case scenario and then i always like to pick a record like right in between i think at the best this season they'll go like 11 and 5 maybe 12 and 4 the worst i could see them doing is 8 and 8 uh 9 and 7 something like that i mean listen while they did get the best quarterback that's ever played the game um in my opinion at least they 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 also got one of the best tight ends that's ever played the game but I mean, like we were talking about, I don't know if they did enough to address other holes that they have. The secondary still not going to be good at all this season. Uh, there are a couple players that have a that have a good upside potential to them, but I don't know if without training camps, without OTAs, if how how these guys are going to be able to fare. And still, the lack of the running game. I, I think that while you say mm, Tom Brady's never really had an elite running back, but elites. At least not the word I'm looking for, but I don't know if Tampa Bay has the running back that so many teams have. And it's like they don't have a Deion Lewis. They don't have a James White. I, I don't think that either one of these guys are as good as those two guys are. They don't have a Rex Burkhead. Um, I, I just want to point that out, that they they do still have some major holes on this team. But I have 10 and 6. I have them losing at New Orleans uh, right off right off the bat. I don't think that that's really attested to them. I think that's just playing in the Superdome. Uh, it's big hype. I'm losing to Green Bay. I have them losing to Kansas City, Minnesota, at Atlanta. Uh, they always seem to split with the division rivals. So I have the I do have them splitting the whole division. And then I have Tom Brady losing to his usual monster, the New York Giants in New York. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't can't get over that freaking hump, man. So I do have them losing to the Giants too. And Marcus, I see you want to say something. I see you cringing. Oh no! So you're talking about like games to lose. I actually have them losing Week Three in Denver. So I I just I don't know, man. It seems like a it seems like one of those weeks where they play at New Orleans at New Orleans. They're gonna get that first that first home game, and they're gonna go into Week Three. Think you know everything's fine, and they're gonna. We, I don't know what's going to happen, but you know Denver still has defense, so we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. But well, well, hey Stephen, uh, you got any final thoughts for us, man? No, it's all good. I'm just hopefully we get football this year. Uh, it's gonna be a shame if we don't. That would be that would be our luck down here. We get Tom Brady, and then the season's canceled. <laughs> Cancel Christmas, Stephen. Cancel everything. <laughs> I, I don't want anything. 
Well, hey, Stephen, bro, we appreciate you uh, coming on the show today, and we'll see you in a see you in what like a month and a half. Yeah, dude. Yeah, something like that. All right, buddy. Take it easy. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you, bud. All right, guys. We will be right back with the Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers. I did it again. (laughs) Are you looking to add a little bit of magic to your life? If so, maybe I can help. Hi, my name is Allie Sutherland, and I am an authorized Disney vacation planner as well as a Universal Studios specialist with Glass Slipper Concierge. As a travel agent, I help my clients personalize and plan their magical vacations down to the tiniest details. Through extensive training, I'm equipped to book all Disney destinations, including Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, and more, as well as Universal Studios and Universal's Islands of Adventure. And the best part of it, my services are completely complimentary. If you're looking to plan your next happily ever after, you can reach me via email at Allie, A-L-L-Y, at glassflipperconcierge.com, or you can direct message me via Facebook at Adventures with Allie, specializing in Disney destinations and more. It would be a great honor to assist you in your next adventure. And always remember, you got a friend in me. All right, welcome back. Thank you so much for sticking with us. Before we get into the Carolina Panthers, who I, for some reason, just cannot remember every time we talk about them, we want to plug another one of our great supporters and sponsors, KL Skaggs Heating and Air, LLC. You guys know, I mean, it, you go outside every day. It's it's hot as hell already, and it's it's not even July. And you guys know, here in Florida, especially in the Panhandle, it's going to be hot on Christmas Day. So if you have any issues at all, don't hesitate to give them a call at 850-238-5414. They will take care of you. Go online and read the reviews. They speak for themselves. All right, so getting into the Carolina Panthers, really excited to be able to do this. We actually recorded with a fan the other night, and it the recording was a little messed up and I didn't save the audio file right. So this is actually my fault, but I'm glad it worked out the way it did because we're able to get one of our good buddies on the phone, Jake McGowan. How you doing, man? How's it going? Happy to be on. Yeah, appreciate you coming on here, man. Especially since I know not only are you a Carolina fan, you are an Auburn fan. So this is going to be, it's going to be even more interesting to talk about. I am. So actually just, um, Kind of go on that first, um, and then we'll have every, and then we'll have you talk about yourself a little bit. But what is like? What's the reaction to seeing Cam Newton sign with the team that nobody likes? Oh, uh, I mean, I, <clears throat> I I'm one that doesn't really cheer for the Patriots just because they win everything. But I will say that uh, I think there's going to be a fire lit under him, and I expect him to do to do great things with with great coaching and some support. I, I, as a Panthers fan, I was not happy with the way he was departed. I thought they waited really late in the game to release him and and really did him dirty. It left him very little places to sign. But something I said yesterday, I could be way wrong and way off on this, but I keep telling people, don't be surprised if he's not QB2 week one and sit him doesn't get to go. But like I said, I could be off on that, but he's he's got an abundance of talent if he can stay healthy. That's the biggest problem he's had is the last couple of years. You know, we on our Cam Newton episode, I brought up a ton of injuries that he's had, but his last, you know, eighty percent season he had, he was, you know, he was, I believe, he was ranked twelfth uh, or eleventh in his last full season. He was only fifty yards uh, uh, less than Russell Wilson with three games played, uh, uh, three less games played than him. So 
talent's there. None of us, the three of us, we don't question talent. It's just the hell that's been the issue. The, uh, the, the injury bug, I don't think he gets enough credit. I mean, I don't think people realize, unless you just follow the Panthers, that he was on the injury report every week. But he played through a lot of things that some guys wouldn't. And everyone thinks, oh, he just, you know, he runs through people because he's so big. But it takes a toll on your body, especially when you depend on your legs, which is still a vital thing of throwing. So he just – I. He's a hard guy to understand. If you follow him on social media, he like he types in weird fonts, and I, I wish he wouldn't dress like he did at press conferences because nobody <laughs> gets him. But he is a he's a baller and he's a fighter, and I just I hated the way they handled it at the end because he played hurt for them a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jake, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so uh, living living Bay County, uh, been at the sheriff's office. I work criminal investigations there. Been there. This is my eighth year. Um, married, got two kids, and uh, as y'all both know, my uh, my favorite hobby is softball. And if, if I could play it twenty four seven, I would. Yeah, congratulations on your daughter being born, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's uh, if you don't have one, it will change your life. Raising a raising a son has been awesome, but having a little girl is is uh, it's it's just a different ball game. Yeah, I, my daughter, she'll be six months in a couple of days. So yeah, it's been a it's yeah. been crazy. It's been, out. It, yep. yeah. I mean, you know, kudos to your wife, man. You know, having to do all that while you're doing your job. You know, uh, yep. my wife, she work, she does, she does school from home, and she takes care of the baby. And I mean, I work from home right now, but so I, it, I've been pretty blessed with all that stuff. No, ha- yeah, hats off, my wife. She uh, works a full time job from home, raises a, a four year old and a three month old. I tell everybody I have it easy by being a cop, and getting going to work every day. So right, right, do what she does. But yeah, man. Um, so tell everybody exactly why you're a Panthers fan. You know, we we ask because you know you're you know we live in Florida. You know, you got surround teams like you know the Saints are kind of close, the Falcons are close, yep. the Bucks, the Jags. Yeah. So uh, you know, I actually never had a uh, pro team up um, until 2010. Basically, uh, I'm, I'm huge into fantasy football, so I've I've just always rooted for players. Um, as opposed to teams, depending on, you know, what what players I had that year and going that week. And I've always been a diehard Braves fan, always been a an Auburn fan because I'm from Alabama and uh, never really latched on to a pro team. And then when Cam got drafted, it just – it seemed easy. And, and surprisingly enough, even after he got hurt and missed the season and even now that he's gone, I mean, I would I would root for the Panthers if they paid the, played the Patriots just because – you know, started to follow them, and I feel like I really understand the Panthers now, and it's, it's kind of stuck. Yeah, once you once you get that team, you kind yep. of have to stick with it. So, all right, but let's go ahead and get get this thing started with. Um, as you know, you guys have had a ton of departures this offseason, notably Cam Newton and Luke Keekley. Uh, here's some other guys you, y'all lost. Well, Greg Olson, he, you know, he left. Gerald McCoy went to my Cowboys. Uh, Bruce Irvin, and of course, you know, uh, former, you know, Rutherford alumni, JV Elliott, you know, he's not there anymore, but, um, as a fan, are the Panthers in rebuild mode or are they just trying to compete with a younger roster? Uh, you know, one thing I, I said going into the off season, I really kind of hope that we, we kind of had a down year this year just to get a higher draft pick. But I mean, I think it, it's respectable what they're doing. I think they're, they're kind of caught in that in between, which is not really where you want your team. But I, 
I don't know if they're doing it for the fans or just doing it because mm-hmm. we have Christian McCaffrey and we don't want to waste years, but I feel like we're in that mm-hmm. in-between. It's like they're trying, um, and I mean, if you look at the, how they drafted, every draft pick was a defensive player, so it, it's obvious what their vision is, but I feel like they're trying with what they have. They didn't make a huge flash in free agency because mm-hmm. I don't think anything made sense, so I'd say they're trying to compete, and they're either going to be where they are or they're going to shop people. But, I mean, I, I definitely think they're trying. Yeah, I mean, going off of that, I just the fact that, you know, they got new ownership. You know, they you know they, 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 sold, they sold the team and got new ownership. Then they got, you know, new coaching. And then, you know, they, yeah, they got a new quarterback. I mean, it's like they're trying to create a new era or trying to let, yeah. you know. Yeah. And there's even been talk of, I don't know how true this is to me. I don't know if you follow the Panthers a lot, but. There's been even, you know, rumors and discussions of moving the team to another, you know, another portion of Carolina, you know, to create uh, more fan base, you know, try to bring more revenue right. and things like that. So, I mean, this is the Carolinas. I mean, honestly, they're a fresh team. You know, if you think about yeah. it, they've they they were in the Super Bowl a few years ago, and then they were they were yeah. they went to the Super Bowl a few years being in the NFL with Jake Delhomme. You know what I mean? So, right, right, they're an interesting team. They really are, and. I mean, they plus they have probably one of my favorite uniforms of the baby blue and black. I, I think that's sweet. They are nice. They are. Yep. I mean, Kyle's wearing a Christian McCaffrey jersey as we speak right now. <laughs> I mean, it's not the fact that he got super lucky and picked him third overall or anything, but he got super lucky. <laughs> super lucky, my ass. Super lucky, my ass. He got him okay, third. Listen, third in fantasy. He got him no, third I had in a, fantasy. I got him second, second. Oh, I had the second okay. pick. Oh, second. And the guy okay. ahead of me was a okay. The, the guy ahead of me was okay. a Giants fan. Okay, so tell, so tell so so since Jake is a huge fantasy football fan, tell him who you got the second round. I'll pause my mic. Tell him real quick. Second round. Of- <laughs> All right, listen. So that was not my best draft. I still came in second place in the league, but I took uh, I took Antonio Brown second last year. I, I really thought he was gonna. I mean, all signs were pointing to him having a big year, and I thought he was gonna do good in Oakland, but it didn't happen. Oof. So. <laughs> Uh, but uh, great, as far great as your, value, great value on the first pick, but it went downhill for that. <laughs> it did. Hey, still, still, uh, still messed around and came in second place. Where were you? You did. You didn't even make the damn playoffs. I'm, I was third. Oh well, that's less than second. <laughs> All right. So answering the first question that you said here, um, honestly, I, I think that they're definitely kind of in between. I'm almost more of a remodel, if that makes sense, because yeah. They're they have the same basic structure. They have the same. They have the best foundation that you can have in Christian McCaffrey, who is just the one of the best two way players we've ever seen. Possibly is the best two way player we've ever seen as far as being a pass catcher and runner. Because it's not very often that somebody has about a thousand yards of both, and he's he might be the first guy we ever seen with two thousand and a thousand. I don't know if that's been done before. But if not, he he might be the guy that eventually does it. But yep. it's it's just it's tough, man. Especially with everything going on right now with the pandemic, they're not going to get OTAs. I know I sound like a broken record. Right. I say this for a lot of teams, but no training camps, no OTAs, no meetings, and it's going to be tough for a completely different team, man. It, it's uh, new yeah, coaches, coaches, new upholded quarterback. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a lot to take in. I think the best the best I could describe them is. is they're not they're not ready to go. They're not in a rebuild. It's it's just a reboot. It's a new a new face, and I think they're going to run at it full speed and see what happens, which is respectable as a fan. Oh, absolutely. 
So talking about all these new additions, uh, one of the biggest ones was Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, probably the biggest one if you look at the numbers of the contract on a three-year, $63 million deal. So do you think that Bridgewater will fully obligate this contract, or do you think that they'll be looking to move on? Like, you know, guys like uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, getting ready to come out in this next draft. How do you think it's going to go? I would say that by, by them getting Teddy, I think, like I said earlier, it, it's sending a message to the fans or it's sending a message to McCaffrey, especially when you lock him up to a new deal that, you know, we're going to try to compete because nothing worse if they send out a, a nobody at quarterback and go, you know, win three games trying to get a, a top quarterback. And now you've wasted a year when running backs, I mean, there's no, there's not even a guarantee that he'll be healthy this full contract just because what happens to running back. So it, it sends a message. And I think, I honestly think by signing him, there's probably no shot that we have. You're going to need the first pick or the, at least at the most the third pick to get fields if, if the OTAC or if the tackle from Oregon was to go two. But they both could go one and two. So I think by signing Teddy, we pretty much put ourselves out of that sweet state, which, like I said, I kind of wish they would tank, but at the same time, if you look at the history of teams doing that, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt your feelings here, but the Dolphins keep picking in the top five, and you know, tank for two and all this, and it it just don't seem to work. So it seems like if you teams that go out there to lose, they never really recover. The teams that bounce back quickly, you know, you you compete and see where the where the chips fall. So I, I think we're going to be picking in that that eight to 15 range again. And we're not getting a, a top quarterback in my opinion. No, that if they compete like that, there's no question. They'll yeah. be around that range. However, trades do Maybe exist. Back from North Dakota state. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The trades do exist though. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, yeah, you could yeah. trade up to get him. Um, but again, like you mentioned, they could obviously, you know, three or four, four or five wins could be a top yeah. five pick. You trade a couple first rounders, a second rounder. You know, it's not it's not crazy. Uh, the you yeah. know with the, the Rams did it. They got Jared Goff. The Eagles did it. They got Carson Wentz uh, <clears throat> to yeah. get somebody like Trevor Lawrence, especially who is at Clemson with a new you know having Joe Brady there. You know Matt Rule from Baylor, who's an offensive minded coach. That's a that's mm-hmm. something that could last for a long time. Not taking anything against Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, people forgot how well he was in Minnesota before that knee injury. But the oh, fact certainly. is, is I, I think if you get a quarterback in this draft in the first, maybe second round, and let him learn under Teddy's experience, I mean, he's only obligated for three years. Uh, that right. third year, you know, can be, you know, they could trade him and, you know, figure something out. You know what I mean? He's he's a he's a versatile quarterback, you know, especially if he does well his first two years, the value will be there in a, in a trade to where they can make something out of it, and whoever's behind him can start that Carolina era. Certainly, and I, and I think people are sleeping on, you know, the the Lawrence and Field thing. I I really think it's a three quarterback draft. I don't. I know the guy at North Dakota State because of what what he plays against doesn't get the. I mean, I I think Kyper McShay are starting to really hype him up, but it very well could be a three quarterback draft, and and they're not going to go one two three, especially with no. some of the defensive players and some of the and the receiver uh, from LSU, and then you got the tackle from Morgan. I mean, you very well may get a good quarterback at six seven eight you know we could be in that pick range and it's a lot easier to pick to trade for pick seven than it is pick two because whoever has pick one and two is probably taking those two quarterbacks yeah uh, yeah you're gonna have to give up the field for that but uh, yeah i agree there's always a quarterback that doesn't get mentioned you know now that joe burrow i mean 
Yeah, Joe Burrow. Nobody was like, oh, cool, Joe Burrow. They need yeah, to be seventh round pick. grade to first pick, right? So it's it's very possible we're gonna we could see somebody in in this season from college football who's gonna come out of nowhere. Uh, honestly, it, you know, it could be someone from Oklahoma again. We we don't know. I mean, honestly, yeah. it could be that, or it could be someone from North Dakota, or they, there's a Mississippi State quarterback that everybody you know is ta- is preaching about. I mean, there's there's gonna be talent. There's someone out there that yeah, no one's gonna talk about that if Carolina sees or you know that Matt Rule knows from the Big Twelve. You don't you don't know. I mean, you honestly don't know. So. Or, or 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 Teddy wins them ten games, and they're not even worried about drafting. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, that that's the wild card. But yeah. before if you turn around before and hand it off on. or throw it to the guy behind you. Yeah, exactly. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, as long as you got McCaffrey back there, that's definitely a good option. <laughs> yeah. But uh, before we move on, but I love the mention of Trey Lance from North Dakota State because that's a guy that's uh he's starting to open more eyes. And I mean, there's a North Dakota State quarterback in the league right now, and he's pretty damn good. So. Certainly. Yeah. But so we'll throw it to you, Marcus. All right. So, yeah, like I mentioned before, with, you know, revitalizing this Carolina team, you guys hired new coaching staff. You got a new head coach, Matt Rule, office coordinator, Joe Brady, who came from OSU. It wasn't like, you know, he was, you know, office coordinator for one of the best offenses in college football history or anything. But you also got uh, defensive coordinator Phil Snow, who also came from Baylor. With this new coaching staff leading your team, are you excited for a new beginning in Carolina? Yeah, I am. I will say that I was a uh, a big Ron Rivera fan. Um, I hated to see him go, and I I'm not going to sit here and say that a whole new coaching staff coming in could you know could this coaching staff have coached the team last year better? I don't know. It, from what I watch, if I watch, I watch as much football on Sunday as I do Saturday. And what I've noticed is in the college game, you know, someone like Joe Brady comes in, and I'm not Joe Burrow is a heck of a talent, but I feel like Brady brought everything out in them and it was it was a great chemistry a great partnership and you could really tell how you know the coaching helped I don't know how much influence new coaching staff has on pro players I mean they're making millions of dollars this is this is a job to them that's how they make their living so I I am excited I think that we needed a fresh start Um, like I said I hated to see Rivera go but um I just don't know. I just don't have enough experience watching coaching to know. I mean, you watch the greatest, in my opinion, the greatest coach of all time in, in New England, and you know you know he's good. But you look at the turnover rate of all these coaches every year and coordinators. But, you know, I think it's just a wait and see. I don't know how much of Brady's knowledge of the passing game is going to help Teddy Bridgewater. I think what Teddy is, is is Teddy. But maybe he can bring some things out. So it's kind of a kind of a wait and see. But I – <clears throat> I like that they address defense um, in the draft, and and I'm and I'm curious to see um, where they go. It looks like what their vision is, is is to run the ball and to play defense. So I'm I'm excited for them. I was, I was like I said, I was happy for a fresh start. One hundred percent, I agree with that too. And one thing I do want to point out is, as far as your point on uh, on Bridgewater's ability to learn from Brady, it, he he um, Teddy Bridgewater had opportunities to leave New Orleans while he was there. There, there were opportunities for him to go to Miami. Other teams were trying to pick him up, but he chose to re-sign with New Orleans for the same reason Jameis just signed with New Orleans. Learning from Sean Payton, learning from Drew Brees, he took the opportunity okay. to learn. And I think that he is an open-minded guy. He went to Louisville, which is a kind of a tough school to get into, and, and it's he's a really, really smart quarterback. And I, I really, I don't know if this is a bad thing. I, I think they're getting younger with this coaching staff too, uh, which seems to be a trend nowadays. Uh, Matt yeah, Rule is yeah. not a very old guy, so 
I think that they'll relate a little bit more. I do think it'll take a couple years, especially with uh, especially with everything going on right now, as we mentioned earlier. But it, nowadays, with like you mentioned, the high turnover rate, are we going to get a couple years out of these guys? Um, well, I mean, that's left to be seen. But moving on to the bread and butter of the whole conversation, the reason that we do this, the record. I want to know wins and losses. What do you expect out of your Panthers? Yeah, I mean, I, I have, I guess I have, I don't want to say average hopes because, you know, in my opinion, eight and eight's average. And I think the Browns have had wanted to be average for a long time. So I don't want to knock being average. Um, but I really see us in that, that the floor is probably five, six wins. The ceiling seems to be about 10 wins. I, I with no camps and, you know, very little time to practice, I think somebody's going to surprise somebody. Um, but I mean, the, it, who you're the, who you're playing twice twice a year in that division? I think it's an underrated division. It's a uh, you know, there's a lot of good teams, um, and so I think we'll see. We got we got one of the best players in the NFL. I think if for some reason he went down with an injury, you could pretty much put a bow on it. That'd be it. But um, I don't know. I'm excited. I think I think we'll know early if if the Teddy thing's going to work out. So I, w- I would think somewhere between six to ten wins. I know it's a big gap, but um, I just think they're in that in that range. Yeah, it's hard to say, like you mentioned. But honestly, after you know dissecting schedules and you know really looking at how well they're, you know, this is a this is not an easy schedule for the Panthers. It's really not, especially with all the departures no. you guys and, got. And we have a glaring weakness that we don't, we just don't seem to address, and it's, it's wide receiver. And, yeah. you know, I like that they addressed and they went all defense. I mean, we've had a, a pretty decent defense. I'll say this, as an Auburn fan, I was super happy they drafted Derrick Brown because I like Derrick Brown. I just think Isaiah Simmons was the pick there. I think you lose Keekly. I agree. Um, I don't think Sim- I don't think Simmons was going to be a Keekly, but I think that you haven't had to worry about your your top linebacker spot on the team for a long time. And I think if if the guys could look around at that playmaker, and again, Derrick Brown could have a you know could have a Hall of Fame career, but he's just going to do what Derrick Brown can do, which he can do a lot of great things. He is a freak of nature. Um, I wanted to see Isaiah Simmons go there, but as far as the wide receiver thing, I I love the Kelvin Benjamin pick a couple of years ago. I know it didn't work out, um, but at, again, as an Auburn fan, I can tell you I've personally watched him uh, rip a national title away from us because he's just so big in the end zone. Um, so it seems like since then they just haven't put any time in. And I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they brought in Robbie Anderson. Um Yep, and I that's know right. he's been getting he's he's been getting passes from awful quarterbacks for years, so I don't know if he could be the answer. But it you know I just think if we had that if we had that thread at receiver or that slot guy that could really open up the middle, maybe there's not so many in the box, and maybe Christian's getting even more you know favorable matchups. But you know I, maybe next year's the year uh, if we could get Chase from LSU next year, I think I'd be a very happy camper. Um, but I, I just think that hurts us. It just hurts us when they know there's not really a threat um, of of some receiver taking over a game. So yep. that that's the only thing I could see holding us back. But again, you never know with a new scheme and and you know just watching Teddy in New Orleans. I mean, I I don't want to downplay his his talent, but it it felt more like a ma- a game manager than going out there to win a game. So you know maybe maybe they figure a way to to make things work. But uh, 
you know, like I said, just the, the lack of talent at receiver scares me. Yeah, and I'll make this quick before I jump to Kyle, but my record I got for the Panthers is 4-12. and 12. I'm trying to be optimistic. I think when you guys hit a certain point where there's no playoff hope, yeah. Christian McCaffrey yeah. gets shut down. We're going to see him again next year. Right. And as, as, as a fantasy football player, Christian McCaffrey is talented, but man, if they if they had no chance yeah. for playoffs and he sits, I'm just saying yeah. that's that's crazy. That's they, I, for I think, whatever reason they don't they don't seem to do that. And the only thing that makes me think they'll try to compete all year, there's just nobody behind Bridgewater that you want to get reps. And you know, it, people are like, oh, it's time to go to him. We we just yeah, still yeah. don't have that guy. So it's and, and you're I paying agree. him a lot of money, which hasn't stopped people before, but. Um, yeah, you know, that's true. Hoping, uh, but hey, four wins, we get a great draft pick. I would not be mad. It just be a waste of year thinking. for Caffrey, which would be sad. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that four and twelve is kind of what I'm at. What do you think, Kyle? I, I gotta echo it, man. I, I think uh, five and eleven is the ceiling. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, I mean, I can see six and ten. The problem is they're in the toughest division in football. Um, maybe not yeah. the best, but the toughest division without a doubt. I mean, you're gonna play New Orleans twice. You're gonna play Tampa Bay twice. You're gonna play Atlanta twice. Uh, and I do think Atlanta's going to be a little bit better this year as well. But then I mean, the other games, man, at Green Bay, at Kansas City, uh, God, at Minnesota, at no, I mean, it's it's just it's a tough schedule, man. Especially for a team like this, that's going to be completely different, completely gutted. I don't know how much of this is about Carolina as much as it is about the other teams. But I, um, oh, certainly, to, even the road game, just the atmospheres are tough. Exactly. Exactly. And. You know, pretending like we're gonna have fans in the crowd. This is this is a tough, tough <laughs> schedule for them. And I, I have them. Yeah. I have them splitting the division though. Uh, still three and three in the division. That's um, always gonna happen. And they play spoiler a lot, man. They, this is a team that always likes yeah. to play spoiler. Even when Carolina's not good, they like to they like to ruin the other the hopes of the other teams. And I do have them yep, costing yep. New Orleans the uh, the one seed there in week seventeen, but. Um, yeah, so four and twelve is not bad, and I do like the Robbie Anderson pickup a little bit more than other people do, um, because the guy is so the guy is so versatile, and he, like you said, he he's had trash quarterbacks throw into him, and he still had a thousand yeah. yards a couple times. I'm excited to see him with a guy that can sling the ball deep. It'll be good. But all right, Jake, uh, you got anything else you want to make sure you say? No, I'm just uh, I'm I'm happy sports are are slowly coming back. I'm just happy that the MLB network is talking about baseball for once. So, you know, that's going to be my night. So I'm I'm happy. Happy sports are back, and uh, all I can do is pray that uh, this virus don't, you know, start going going hard again and take this away from us. Because I don't know how much more I can watch cornhole on ESPN. <laughs> I agree. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> well, Jake, we appreciate you giving us your time, man. Yes, sir. All right, guys. We will be back on Thursday with the New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons.